We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm going to heaven. But I like country and western music. I like a little rock and roll. I like a little bit of all of it. Um, because it's not the style. So many people get hung up on style. It's not the style. It's the substance. What is the song saying? And um, I love music. We've always had our house filled with music. Our, our kids, our, ourselves, we listen to music in the car. It revolves around our life. Our life revolves around music. And music is a very powerful thing. Within just a moment, you can be sad and hear a song that makes you happy, and, and now you're feeling good again. And within just a moment, you can hear a song that, that like I shared earlier, when they sang that song, Mercy, it, it transported me back to uh, a time whenever we had that evangelist who was... I was a young man. I thought he was ancient of days. He was probably my age, but uh, he would always sing Mercy Rewrote My Life. Played his guitar, only knew three chords, G, C, and D, but it wasn't the style. It was the substance. And so many times in churches, we get hung up on style. It's not the style. We should be able to worship with any style of music that's presented. I can go to any of our churches in this town around the nation that preach the Word of God, and no matter what their style is, I can worship. Music affects me. When, when God created Lucifer, He created him to be over the music. And that is why whenever he fell and a third of his angels fell, part of music fell with him. And that is why music is so powerful uh, to the opposite of praising God. It's very powerful. It can draw you into doing all kinds of things if you're not careful. It will affect your mind. And so I found out that music that appeals to my ear is soothing. Don't you just love it just to maybe put on some soothing music sometimes? Uh, Saul had David come in and play the harp just to quiet his soul when he was uh, bombarded by the enemy. Music that appeals to the flesh, well, that can be sensual. Absolutely. And music that appeals to the heart, that can affect your soul. Job chapter 38 verse 7 says this, While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Music has been a part of God since before creation. God loves music. He loves the praises of His people. Throughout the Old Testament, we find in all of the Psalms, He's saying, Praise God with every kind of instrument that's been created. Praise Him with the shout. Praise Him with your bodies, with your minds, with your voice. God likes people to be loud. In the Old Testament, they would have one group of people on one mountain, one group of people on another mountain. They would play the trumpets and the harps and the lyres and sing one verse. And this mountain would hear it and repeat the verse or sing another verse back to him, back and forth. The antiphonal scenes, of course, and it was praise and worship to God. Today we sing in the church and it's praise and worship to God. And it's not about the style so much as what is it saying? And we find that God has an entire book 
in the Bible of Psalms. Psalms. Now, he did not preserve the tune or the melody because that's not what's important. But what he did preserve is the substance, the words. God made sure that these songs that Israel used as their hymn book, the words are preserved for us today. And these songs will speak to our souls. David was quite the songwriter. And in one of the songs I want to talk about today, I entitled it A Song for Yesterday. In our lives, I believe we have a song for yesterday, a song for today, and a song for tomorrow. Today I want to focus on this song for yesterday. All of us have a past. We all have a past. I remember the songs we had in our wedding. My uncle was the pastor of the Church of God Church when we got married. And we were the first couple in the church to have music in a wedding that was not from the hymn book. And we moved the pulpit. First couple ever. My uncle walks in that Saturday morning and he was livid. He was furious. He told us, you might as well gotten married down at the VFW. He was mad. We had moved the pulpit. I didn't dare want to tell him about the songs we had chosen. We had a song by Bread by the name of If. I don't know if you've ever heard that one or not. We had a song, I Won't Last a Day Without You, things like that. You Light Up My Life. Oh my goodness, it was a production. Because we all have a past and these songs are a part of our love for each other. And that day we're expressing our love. Our souls were uniting. The two were becoming one. And, and these were songs that brought about great memories. And when we have those songs today, we hear them. We're transported back to our wedding day. We all have a past, and David had a past. The song I want to talk about today was when David sings a song, writes a song about his past. And his past was he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. His past was that he had had her husband murdered. And David had to deal with that. This is a song that, that gives us an insight to his conscience. It's a song that, that lets us know that if we in our past have messed up, we can relate to this. David messed up big time. He was a man after God's own heart, but he had committed these, these grievous sins against God. And when we commit sin against God, we have to know how it affects our souls. This affected David. It affected him so much. And so I want you to, first of all today, number one, you've got to be honest. We've got to be honest with our past. My past is what has helped shape me today. I have a past. I have failures. I've messed up. You have a past. David had a past, but he was honest. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 32. Psalm 32 and the third verse says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. David has given us an insight to his life. He said, I committed these sins against God, but I didn't say anything. 
I kept silent. And it affected me physically. How many of you know that unconfessed sin will affect you physically? David said, my bones wasted away. Some writers will say that David had ulcers. He had physical problems because of the weight and the guilt of his sin against God. When we have unconfessed sin, this is going to bother us. It's going to affect us day and night. And this affected David so much to where he couldn't eat, he couldn't drink, and, and he was wasting away, and he was groaning all day. He was not happy. He couldn't get anything to make him smile. He couldn't tell jokes or anything. I love good jokes, don't you? He was groaning in his body, and his body was wasting away because of unconfessed sins against God. There was a teacher who broke up a fight with two little boys, and she asked one little boy, how did this get started? What happened? What was going on? The little boy said, well, it all started when he hit me back. <laughs> But he hit me back as I own There's repercussions to our actions, aren't there? And sometimes we want to have an action and there be no reaction. Listen, for all of our actions, God's going to have a reaction. God's going to bless us or he's going to put a weight on us. A weight of sin. And sin has a heavy weight. And it affected David and he had to be honest. Society encourages sin, but does not tolerate the guilt that it produces. Our society, through our music, man, we're, we're, we're enabling sin activities. We have young people today who are doing drugs, who are having sex, who are committing suicide. Music is affecting their soul. But today society says that we don't have to worry about the guilt of it because we just rename everything. You see, when I was growing up, people were alcoholics or drug addicts. And now they're just chemically dependent. When I was growing up, people were adulterers and fornicators. And now they're just sex addicts. When I was growing up, there were kids that were rebellious. Rebellious. And now we just call them hyperactive. When I was growing up, there was a sin called gluttony. And now we just call it an eating disorder. You see, society tries to rename everything and, and call it something different so that it tries to relieve the weight of the guilt of our lives. But when we commit sins, God does not name it something different. He says, you have sinned against God, against God only have you sinned. And we've got to be honest. We've got to come to God and be honest. David's silence made him miserable. It physically affected him. He had no appetite. He had ulcers. He couldn't eat. He was wasting away. Look at verse 4. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. It was his yesterdays. He was singing about it. He was writing a song about it because he realized that unless he was honest, he was going to waste away and God's hand was going to get heavier and heavier and heavier. Guilt. It affects your soul. 
It affects your mind. It affects you physically. I've seen the people to where they just get real depressed and, and they don't want to be around. They're grouchy. They're grumpy. They're biting everybody's head off. Why? Because they're not being honest. God let David feel guilt. And you know what? I thank God today that he lets us feel the guilt. Because when we sin, we're guilty and we should feel it. That God wanted David to repent. God wanted David to be honest. I found that there are two kinds of wounds. There's a wound called sorrow, and that will heal with time. We don't ever think it will, but it will. Guilt, the other wound, does not heal unless it is treated. It will never heal. If you're never honest, it will continue to eat away at you. You've got to be honest. Number two, you've got to be humble. You've got to be humble. David humbled himself before the Lord. Look at verse 5. Then I acknowledge my sin to you. Who's he talking to? God. And did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. David was honest. He humbled himself and he said, God, I confess my sins. He didn't try to cover it up. He didn't try to do the blame game. He didn't go, well, you know, if she wouldn't have been so pretty and if I hadn't have gone up for a walk on the roof that night or, uh, you know, if, uh, if my other wives had been fulfilling my needs and on and on and on, David didn't do that. He owned up to it and he said, I have transgressed against the Lord. He humbled himself. I've committed a sin. Now how many know that God does not accuse us of sin? God convicts us of sin. There's a huge difference. God will convict us of sin in our life and put a heavy hand on us. Satan is the one who is the accuser of the brethren. God will convict us of sins we have not confessed. The enemy will accuse us of sins that have already been confessed and been put in the past. He'll bring things back up and you say, wait a minute, I've already confessed that sin. Uh, God has a law called double jeopardy. We are not accused of the same sin twice. Aren't you glad for that? That if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and forgives us our sins. And then God doesn't bring it back. Only the enemy brings that back. Only the enemy reminds you, well, you know who you were and you know what you did. Oh, wait a minute. That's under the blood. I've confessed that. That is no longer on my record. I have been forgiven. The Holy Spirit does not dig up old dirt on us. David came clean. Jesus dealt with sinners and he always forgave them once they admitted and confessed their sins. Those who did not confess their sins, he called those hypocrites. Listen, we've got to come clean with God. It's a process. We've got to confess, be humble, give our sins to God and say, God, please forgive me. I confess I've sinned. Look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. 
Confession is not saying I'm sorry. How do you know that most people are sorry that they're caught? Most people are sorry when they get caught. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's not confession. Confession means I agree with God that I have sinned. I've done wrong. I've messed up. And I am agreeing with God. God, you're right. I'm being honest. I'm humbling myself. And I confess my sin. It's not being sorry. Sorry just means you're, you're sorry you got caught. You'll keep doing it. But you're just sorry that it came out in public. You're sorry that now everybody knows about it. David said, I'm repenting. I'm confessing. This is between me and God. This does not concern anybody else. This is between me and God, and I confess my sins. I agree with God. And when you do that, guess what will happen? He will forgive you of all your sins, of all unrighteousness, and He will wash you whiter than snow. That is good news for me today because I have a past. You have a past. And we need a song for yesterday that says, you know what? This was my sin. This was my past. But I have confessed that. I've walked away. That is yesterday. It has been forgiven. I have been washed white as snow. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now the hand of God has been lifted off of me. No way. I'm now able to do what? To now be happy. To be happy. You've got to be honest. Then humble yourself. And then, you know what? Then you'll be happy. Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Hallelujah. That word blessed in the Hebrew means this. Happy. People who have been forgiven are happy people. My sins are in the past. Hallelujah. Now I have peace from God, peace with God, and the peace of God in my life. Hallelujah. That which was a heavy weight in my life, weighing me down, messing with my mind, bothering me physically, it's now been lifted off. To forgive means this, to throw off a heavy weight or burden. Isn't that awesome? When I'm forgiven, God throws off a heavy weight and a heavy burden in my life. He throws it off. So instead of being bent over and bowed down under the weight and the pressure of my sins, now God comes in, takes the weight and throws it off. He forgives me. And now I can praise and worship God. Why? I've been forgiven. Hallelujah. I know what it's like to be forgiven by God, to have His presence in my life, to have His approval upon me. And man, this is the way to live. I am so happy that I got things right with God. I am so happy that I don't have anything in my life that comes between me and Him. No separation. We are now free. Come on. If you know what I'm talking about, give me praise. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. I'm happy. Hallelujah. I don't understand people that aren't happy who are Christians. Well, I understand having a bad day, but they, they just have a bad day every day. Come on. They can't be happy. They don't have peace. Well, maybe there's something you need to be honest about. Let's just be honest. Hey, you know what? I've got this problem. Okay, be honest. Don't try to whitewash it. That's what Jesus called those 
Those Pharisees in the New Testament, they're whitewashed sepulchers. They're, they're tombs of filled with nothing but death, but they just look real pretty on the outside. Hey, real pretty don't get you peace with God. Real pretty don't make everything right in your home and everything right in your marriage and everything right in your family. Psalm 103.12 says this, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he re removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah. I had a lady one time, I was just pastoring, and she came up and she said, Oh, I'm so glad God put my sins into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered again. I said, Where? She said, The sea of forgetfulness. I said, Where's that? Oh, it's in the Bible. I said, Okay, would you show it to me? Oh, yes, Pastor, I'll bring it to you next Wednesday night. I'll show you. It's, it's wonderful that God puts our sins in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Next Wednesday night, she doesn't come to me. She's at church. The next week, doesn't come to me. After about four Wednesday nights, she finally comes up to me and her, her, her head's just down. She says, Pastor, I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. I just knew it was there. I said, well, it makes a great song. But the sea of forgetfulness is not in the Bible. But I've got good news. He does cast them as far as the east is from the west and never to be remembered again. That's in the Bible. And we just begin to praise God. Why? Because God doesn't remember our past. When we confess our sins, He's faithful, He's just, He forgives our sins, washes them away, and then He goes, I don't even know what you're talking about because those things are gone, and He never brings it back up because He's not a God of double jeopardy. He's a God who says everything is clean, you're white, you're my child, things are confessed, now move on. Hallelujah. Man, that makes me happy. Man, that makes me happy. That I can get peace with God, peace of God, and peace from God. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Hallelujah. They won't have to teach them know the Lord because they will know me. Hallelujah. Man, that makes me happy. Psalm 32 verse 2 says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. Hallelujah. Blessed. Happy. There's no deceit in my I'm not trying to pull one over on God. And how many know you can't do that? <laughs> he sees it, he knows it, he knows everything about you. I know very little about most of you, and you know very little about me. There's a lot to me you don't know. I drive a Jeep. I drove it to church the other Sunday. I had a gentleman come up to me and he was a shock on his face. <laughs> Pastor, I had no idea you'd drive a Jeep. <laughs> and I thought, what is weird about me driving a Jeep? But he had this perception about me. You know, I wear suits on Sunday. Most pastors don't do that anymore. I, I, I present a certain uh, uh, fact to you and as a church and I guess it just doesn't equal out to being in a Jeep and going up mud and going through the woods and all that. But that's another side to me. 
You see, God knows every side of me. He knows even more than my wife does. We've been married almost 40 years. He knows more than my kids do. He knows every thought that I have. He knows every deed that I've done. And when I am honest and confess my sins to Him, He washes me white as snow, never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes father and son relationships can get broken. Father and daughter relationships can get broken. And unless there's forgiveness, it will stay there. We had a, a, a time in the service day to say thank you to all the volunteers. I, I don't want anything between us in relationship. And I think some of you today may have relationships that are severed and broken. I believe God wants us to mend those so that we can have a positive influence in people's lives. In Spain, there was a father who had had a, a real fight with his son and they had been apart for years. And so the father decided, I don't know where he lives, he's somewhere in, in this area, but I'm going to put a letter in the newspaper and, and I'm going to let him know how I feel about him and I want him to meet me. So he put in the paper, Dear Paco, this is your father. All has been forgiven. Meet me in the city square at 2 p.m. on Saturday. I would love to give you a hug and tell you I love you. So he put this in the paper. He's at the city square at 2 o'clock on Saturday. And over 300 Pacos showed up. <laughs> 300 plus Pacos. How many Pacos were sitting around waiting for something from their father that says, I've forgiven you and I'm ready to hug you and tell you that I love you? Wow. Wow. Wonder how many people today in this church got some little something between you and God. It's your past. You did it before you came in the church today. But you haven't confessed it. I'm not saying say you're sorry. I'm saying I agree with God that I have sinned. And God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. You see, today we don't even want to call sin, sin. We want to say, well, I had a lapse of judgment. Well, I made a mistake. Well, it really wasn't my fault. I was with a group of people and see, God doesn't look at all that. He sees through all of the minutiae right into the depth of the heart. And David had transgressions. And he said, this was a song about my yesterdays. There was a time in my life that I did not confess my sins. And man, my bones and my body wasted away. I couldn't get any peace. I wasn't happy. I felt the weight of God's hand on my shoulders and on my back. And I was being depressed and I was being pushed down and held down. And my heart hurt. I couldn't hardly breathe at times. I knew that I had sinned against God. He said, but then I became honest. And I said, God, you know my heart. You know my mind. And I was honest. You know what I find today? It's hard to get us to a place of being real honest. 
real honest. We've gotten so used to spinning it. We've gotten so used to putting a certain face on it that even for us, it's hard to be honest. And I don't want you to wait until something comes out and you're caught and then you say, no, I'm sorry. I don't want that. God doesn't want that. But I do know one thing, that the Holy Spirit is in this house today. And God loves every one of us. We're his children. And listen, my kids did some things that caused us not to be at peace with each other. I did some things that caused my kids not to be at peace with me. As a parent, you'll make those decisions from time to time. And your kids will hate you. You're mean. You don't love me. You don't care. And that hurts as a parent. I mean, you want them to know how much you love them. You want them to know how much you care. But sometimes they don't see the big picture. Today our Father sees the big picture. He loves you so much. So much. And he's given a letter to every one of us today. I'll meet you at PCA Sunday morning. All is forgiven. I want to tell you how much I love you and give you a great big hug. Stand with me this morning, church. I'm talking about music for the soul. You see, God convicts. Satan accuses. Satan brings about guilt. Tells us how worthless we are and how no good we are. How we have no hope and no future. And God says, you're the apple of my eye. You're the reason I sent my son. I love you so much. I love you so much. Now there's only two people that know everything about you today. And that's you and God. I've had other people accuse me of things through the years. Too weird. And it would bother me. But what really bothers me is if God was to convict me of something. I want to be soft in my heart. I want to have a tender heart toward God. I don't want my heart to get calloused. I don't want my heart to get hard. Here's what I know. I know that the Holy Spirit has been released before I preach today because I asked Him to begin to bring a, a song of music to every heart today. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.